So we're continuing our series, Destroy the Limitations, and uh, the message this week is entitled, I am free to move. I am free to move. Now, I want to read to you from Mark chapter 2, verse 1 to 12. And it says, And again he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together, so that there was no longer any room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. Jesus saw their faith. He said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. And some of, some of the scribes were sitting there and, and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus had perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, Arise, take up your bed and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has the power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, Arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. Now just to read to you from verse 10 and 11 from the New Living Translation. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. When you think about those words, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. I keep thinking these days at the times that we're in, <clears throat> about a year ago. A year ago, we had just gone from level five to level four. People were paralyzed in their houses and they weren't able to go anywhere. And now all of a sudden, some of the shops opened. As I remember correctly, you were able to go to the fast food place. McDonald's was open again. Steers was open again. And places where you could get fast food. You couldn't as far as I remember, go to a restaurant yet. But most of the Glen Shopping Center was open, and I remember that people were flocking me. But I also remember that particular weekend, I myself had gotten sick. And obviously, we were going to level four, but the first wave was really just beginning. And I remember everything was painful. I had no energy. I could smell and I could taste. And um, fortunately... Obviously, we were in lockdown because we could only broadcast and we were recording the sermons and the services beforehand. So I recorded it on the Wednesday when I still wasn't sick. I got sick on about the Thursday and it was a long weekend. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm telling you now, I was so sick. Then I had to be in meetings, but they were online meetings. So I'd sleep, get into a meeting, go back, sleep, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And um, my wife gave me these tablets, some of the tablets that we did um, advertise it's these herbal tablets for flu. And um, I think they actually helped because I got better in four days. Was it COVID? I don't know. Never got tested. Was it flu? Maybe. I'd had, I'd had it once in January and February already. 
quite bad flu actually. So it could have been flu again. Amen. And uh, my wife told me I was her floozy. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, I want you to think about the paralysis. Some people are paralyzed by illness. Many were paralyzed by fear. And when you think about paralysis, paralysis means you can't move. And so we were paralyzed in our houses. Sometimes people are physically paralyzed, maybe through an illness or through some, some disease. They're physically paralyzed where they physically cannot move. And then you get spiritual paralysis. Now, spiritual paralysis comes from sin. Romans 6.21 speaks about the fact that the wages of sin are death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Sin produces a fruit of fear. It's a terrible thing to suffer from fear. And the thing you also need to realize is that there's been attack on your spiritual life. Now, we've spoken about the faith in the last few weeks of blind Bartimaeus. We spoke about the faith of the woman with the issue of blood last week. And now we look at four guys, four friends of a man who was paralyzed. And they had faith for someone else. I want you to realize, not only can you have faith for yourself, but you can have faith for someone else. And looking at these four guys, I want you to think about them, because everything that we teach from the Bible talks about these four guys. It talks about us in the church becoming like these four guys. Now the first thing we see is that these four men saw Jesus. And what did Jesus see in them? Well, the first thing he saw was there were four men that he preached the word to. He preached the word to them. And I want you to realize when Jesus preached, he spoke about it in the Gospel of John. He didn't speak his own words. He only spoke what he was led to speak by his Father in heaven. He didn't come with his own opinions. He didn't speak things like that because at the end of the day, when we speak these things, we speak just like the world. Even when he warned people, even when he said things that were negative, he was speaking what the Father in heaven had told him to, to speak. He would warn people about coming judgment and things like that. But his speaking was different because it had authority. And you know, when we speak what the Father tells us to speak, when we are led by the Holy Spirit in what we speak, then the same thing happens with our words. That what comes out of our words is powerful and it has authority. He preached according to the needs of others. You know, what are the needs of others right now? People are needing guidance. People need guidance from Almighty God. There's all sorts of decisions that they have to make. There's a challenge where many have been sick and many have died. And so we need the words of Jesus into the world today and what I want you to realize is that the word attracts people because it's the truth. And so because Jesus is in this house and he's preaching the word of God, what I want you to realize is that many, many people had gathered together. That house was chock-a-block. There were so many people in that house that there wasn't even room to move. There wasn't even space for more people at the door. When you speak the words, when you speak the word of God, when you speak the gospel, 
people will come, they will flock. You will fill the house. You will fill the cell. You will fill the church. You preach the word to your spouse because the word attracts. And so because of this, because Jesus was so attractive, they came to him. And Romans 1 verse 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I want you to realize that wherever you are, you are called to preach the word of God. Because when you preach the word of God, that begins to generate faith. The first place it will generate faith is in you. Because when you hear the word coming out of your own mouth, that will produce faith in you. The second place that it will produce faith is in the lives of other people. And when people have faith, they can be healed. When people have faith, their lives can change. And God rewards those people that come to Him in faith. This is the thing that we don't get. If you come to God in faith, God rewards you. He rewards everyone that diligently seeks Him. And now we have this paralytic man. This paralytic man who couldn't get to Jesus. This paralytic man who not by faith or not by physical effort, there was no ways he could get to Jesus. Never mind getting into a place that was full. He couldn't even move from his house because he was paralyzed. When you're paralyzed, I can't move. And he wanted to be able to move. And what we see with these four friends of his is that they formed a team. And I want you to realize that in the church we're better as a team. We're better when we're together. And so these guys formed a team that got their friend to Jesus. They put their collective faith together. They had the same purpose. They had the same vision. They were not in it for themselves. What was, there, what was in it for them? Except the joy of seeing their friend being able to move. No one could get new Jesus because of the crowd. You see, when the crowds come, it also, joy, it also draws the religious people. The religious people are those who they may say certain things and they may come with certain cliches, but their heart isn't really with Jesus. And the, the particular people we're talking about here are some of the scribes that were sitting there. And what does the Bible say? They were thinking in their hearts, who in the world does this guy think he is to forgive sins? Only God can do that. I want you to realize when you have a crowd by Jesus, when you have a crowd that comes because of the word of God, that not everyone in that crowd has faith. The Pharisees were the first to be there. The Pharisees were the guys probably sitting near the front of the crowd. And here's the problem. The crowd can prevent people getting to God. And I want to ask you today, are you part of the crowd? When people look at your life, do, do you draw them closer to God or do you push them away from God? Every single one of us needs to sit down and we need to examine ourselves in that regard. Do we make Jesus attractive? In their hearts they're reasoning, who, who does this man think he is? And here's what I want you to realize. Jesus never said change your views to be like that of the crowd. We're not called to be a part of the crowd. We're not called to assimilate with the crowd. We're called to make disciples. We're called to be disciples. And knowing this, we need to realize none of us have it all together all the time. None of us. All of us face times in our lives where we need to apologize. If you're never saying sorry to people, 
there's something wrong in you. Either you're mental, I'm going to be straight with you, you're mental, you belong in an institution, or there's just a spiritual problem. If we have families, we have issues. If we are married, we have issues. Those of us that are single, we pretend like we'll be the perfect spouse and we'll have the perfect marriage. When we start dating, our marriage will be like no other. Oh, brother, how wrong you are. Say, I do, go on honeymoon and come back from the honeymoon and all of a sudden you'll have issues. Those of you that don't have marriage issues are single and you're still ready, they're ready to mingle. Now, what is the religious person's response to Jesus? You can be in God's presence but still far from Him. And I want to ask you in this service, you're in God's presence but are you far from Him? Those who are religious don't get excited when people's sins are forgiven. Instead, they criticize. They got something to say about the sins of others. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but the people who got the most sins have got the most to say. The people who complain the most about other people gossiping gossip the most. A person with a critical heart towards Jesus is one who is far from God. What did these guys do? They stopped. They can't get to Jesus, so they broke the roof. <laughs> Imagine being the owner of that house. Huh? Imagine if he was Greek. Eh? Hey, what are you doing to my roof? Why you open my roof? Can you imagine the chance that they took? I mean, the guy could have been a, a big guy that owned that house. But they did something. They took a chance. They took a risk to get to Jesus. Listen, the only risk that's worth taking is the risk to get to Jesus. And they overcame the crowd. They overcame what everyone thinks, what everyone says. They did not care about those who always had something to say. The religious people get upset when people break the roof. Because you don't do that in church. My goodness gracious me, you don't do that in church. How do you do that in church? But they uncovered the roof to get to where Jesus was. They went against tradition. They went against the norm. What norm is there that God is telling you today He wants you to go against? What is the norm that you are following? You know, society is full of norms. Everyone wants to be an influencer. Look at the crowd that's with me. I was preaching. Good. Like my page. Follow me. Yeah. What norm do we need to break? You have followers on Facebook, Instagram, or any of these other social media things. That word's a lie. You don't have followers. Followers on social media is not a follower. Okay? It's something different about disciples. And then what, what do they hear when they lower him down before Jesus? Son, your sins are forgiven. You know, this is talking about the blood of Jesus. It's talking about the blood of redemption. The same blood of Jesus that heals people is the, the, the blood of redemption. The, the, the blood that came when they whipped Jesus back, where the Bible says that by stripes you are healed. Because of the blood of redemption, you're stronger than what you are. Because of the blood of, of redemption, you look younger than what you are. Because of the blood of redemption, you look cleaner than what you are. The benefits of the blood of Jesus are described in Psalm 103. 
Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. You're supposed to be old and decrepit, but you're flying around like an eagle. When you serve Jesus, this is what happens to you. Jesus says, I have the authority to forgive. And He expects the same from us. You know, He expects us to forgive people. I, I want to tell you, you're getting offended. You've got issues with people. You re you're remembering what people did to you in 1932. You you're thinking about the bad stuff that they've done to you. You're thinking about this. You're thinking about that. Let me tell you something. You need to be like Jesus. You want to be blessed by God, you need to be like Jesus. Jesus on the cross prayed, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He didn't say, hey, watch it, you guys. My daddy's going to get you, boys. Just wait. Wait until you die. And I'll be there looking at you, frying in hell. <laughs> he didn't go like that. He said, Father, forgive them. I don't know what they're doing. And look at Stephen. He spoke the truth in front of the Sanhedrin. You know, when you speak the truth of the word to people, sometimes they get very upset with you. Do you know that in, in Acts chapter 7, they got so upset. You know, the Bible says, he says, he says, <laughs> he says a certain thing about seeing Jesus at the right hand of the Father. The Bible says they went like this. Literally. Distinguished guys, judges, lawyers, rulers. You know, oh, they're part of the Sanhedrin. They, they're part of the parliament. Well, I suppose if you look at our parliament, my goodness, sometimes. They looked worse than that. They literally started screaming when Stephen spoke the truth. They literally threw a tantrum, a hissy fit, or whatever you want to call it. And Stephen said, Father, forgive them. I don't know what they're doing. When they were offended, Jesus says, what's the difference? Uh, if I say to you, I forgive your sins or pick up your mat and walk. Who else can tell this guy, pick up your mat and walk other than God himself? And so what is Jesus saying? Before you can get healing, there needs to be repentance. This thing that God is all love and we don't need to repent. That's stupid. It's stupid to say that because why does God want us to stop sinning? Because it's destroying us. When you're forgiven, you're free from sickness and disease. You can pick up your mat and you can walk. You can lead other people to the water, but you can't force them to drink. I can lead you to the water, even though it's cold. The water might be cold today. But I cannot force you to drink. What I want you to realize is when Jesus comes, there's a changed lifestyle. You're walking where you are paralyzed. The fear is destroyed. And this paralyzed man, look at where he ended up. After he picked up his mat and he walked, he was no longer at the mercy of people or the devil, but he was at the mercy of Jesus. I want to be at the mercy of Jesus far more before, far before I'm at the mercy of people or the devil. He obeyed. He picked up his own mat. He started doing things for himself because he could. He walked himself out. We have a responsibility to obey God and to follow through with his commandments. You know what people did who had a heart for Jesus? 
They praise God for the miracle. Always be excited when people receive Jesus. And praise God as though it was you who received the breakthrough. And I don't know if you know that Jesus can heal you from your sin. And I'm going to ask you to close your eyes right now. And I want you to think about what in your life has paralyzed you. What in your life has paralyzed you? The Bible says that the word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I want you to really think about where you stand with the Lord right now. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not just talking about that we need to connect with Him more. I'm talking about, you know, maybe you've never given your life before and you're needing to give your life to Jesus for the first time. You've never made that move. Or, or maybe today you need to reconnect with Him. He's not really that real to you. And, and, and Jesus is speaking to those right now who if they're honest with themselves would have to admit is not really real to them those who got sin in the way come to Jesus you can receive forgiveness those who got hurt and pain and rejection in the way come to Jesus and you can receive restoration those who got mental arguments in the way throw your arguments away apply the blood of Jesus to them you can receive restoration right now those who lack purpose come to Jesus he'll destroy your lack of purpose and so your eternal destiny is at stake I'm really pleading with you today your eternal destiny is at stake for your own sake receive Jesus and so while all eyes are closed Yahweh at the sights if you need to give your life to Jesus I'm going to ask you right now just to raise your hands and those of you who raise your hands at the sites or yeah, we're going to pray with you. If you're at home or you're listening via the audio and you, you need to give your life, then please send an, an email to info at theactivechurch.org. That's info, I-N-F-O at theactivechurch.org. And so I'm giving my life to Jesus for the first time. Or say I'm recommitting my life to Jesus and just put your contact details in there. And so those of you now, if you need to give your life to Jesus for the first time, or you need to recommit your life to Jesus. You feel the Lord's calling you back. Just raise your hands right now and we're going to pray with you. What you're saying to God right now, and we're going to pray a prayer. What you're saying to God right now, you're saying, Lord, this is the time I want to commit to you. I want to commit to you right now. I don't want to live away from you anymore. I want to commit to you because I don't want to live eternity far from you. I want to live close to you, Lord. I want to be close I want to be closer to you than a brother from this day on because I want to know that when the time comes that I'm going to die, that it won't affect me because I'll now be with you for eternity. And so I'm going to ask everyone right now, just put your right hand on your heart and I want you to visualize Jesus. I want you to see him on the cross before you. I want you to see his blood being shed for you. I want you to see his blood being poured out for you. Beneath the cross, I want you to see your sin. And that same blood that was being shed over 2,000 years ago is the complete price that was paid for your sin. That sin is a massive debt before God that you cannot pay. But you see the blood of Jesus being poured out from Him off that cross onto your sin below the cross. Because when you lay your life down before Him, 
you lay your sin down before him and I want you to see it's being destroyed right now by the blood of Jesus And as it's being destroyed, you are standing dead before God is being destroyed. And I'm going to ask you to repeat after me and pray. Say, Lord Jesus, today I recognize that I'm a sinner. And I repent of everything that I've done wrong. I renounce my life of sin. And I accept your sacrifice. Because I know that it's a price you paid for my redemption. And I ask that the blood of your wounded body Wash me of all my rebellion and all my sin that you set me free from any sickness and any pain. And I accept that my debt has been paid. There is no outstanding balance. You paid everything for me at the cross of Calvary. And I accept that by your blood I am justified and you see me as I've never sinned. And by your blood I am sanctified and you've chosen me to serve you. And I'm willing to serve you. Today, Lord, I open the door of my heart. And I invite you to come in as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And giving me eternal life. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Oh, please, words can't give up on my 